You're listening to Starshot, a Cortex Astro play. I'm Kirby, your host and game moderator. We are coming toward the end of our season one actual play, and it's been a pleasure running this for my crew. If you have any feedback as to what we could be doing better in season two, let me know. Now on with the show. So Dorothy, where we last left off, you had finally connected with your sister effectively right you were even staying the night over there at least part of it until evidently your sister called uh, some sort of cleanup service from reinhardt research up two men in suits more like jumpsuits frankly arrived and after a little bit of a spat uh where you know you may or may not have fired off a warning shot things may or may not have gone tense you ultimately agreed to go with them and so we're going to actually start our game there. The danger zone is starting at 2d6 for this session. You find yourself in the back seat of a private vehicle. And, you know, this isn't like the uh, self-driving cars that you took with that Officer Quinn. It's not like the self-driving car that you used to get over here. This is like a legit private vehicle. Self-driving still. It's bordering like luxury. In fact, I would go as far as to say, like, compared to the public transit vehicles that you can uh, privately get, uh, it is luxury. You're not bound, but you are separated, much like you would be inside an old-world police cruiser, right? So you got that grating that's uh, separating you from Darius, who's in the passenger seat, and his partner, who is uh, quietly in what would be the driver's seat, should some sort of emergency ne necessitate them to drive. How are you feeling right now? Not very good. I can't imagine. It's the wee hours in the morning at this point. You already couldn't sleep last night. And yeah, I, th I think we have like this exterior shot of the car just getting deeper and deeper into the center of stepping stone and we see like this very like i think frankly we would think of it as an eyesore today if we saw it on the streets this architecture it's very in your face and just kind of out there despite the fact that it's a small sort of bubble dome building in a way and yeah they go around back uh, where they pass through a security gate then they have the key into this garage that the vehicle slowly drives into. The garage itself is massive. There's this, there's your vehicle that's driving in, uh, but there's also a lot of people working on a semi truck that is like offloading right now, further down in the uh, garage bay area. As Darius and his partner get out of the car, Darius coming around to let you out. You have this window where you're just watching them right you can see that they are carting out pieces of uh biroids some of which seem incredibly damaged darius is has his own eyes like pointing that direction even as he opens the door for you and he's given like a low whistle he's not really talking to you when he says "Ooh, they really did a number over there and his partner just kind of shrugs it off the two of them kind of flank you and begin walking you actually vaguely in that direction what do you do I keep walking. You keep on going. Darius and his partner keep making some small talk. 
they were talking about some bit of news about how there was apparently some sort of fights at the protests right outside the high command's military base that's nearby. A lot of biroids evidently got banged up or something like that, and they're currently being inspected by Reinhardt Research Hub since the original designers, the Goodsim Foundation, is uh, currently not in a position to do so. But speaking of inspections, they walk you down a long hallway. It's kind of deceiving how large this building is, considering it's like small-ish exterior. They eventually take you down uh, into an elevator that goes down a few floors and opens into a nearly like identical, you know, white tile, off-color white walls. They eventually lead you to this uh, small room, and it feels like you're making a visit to the hospital. Inside, uh, there is a older woman. She's probably like all of four ten in height, and she seems like she's a little bit underweight. Uh, and yeah, she actually seems to be about your age, frankly. She just kind of smiles uh, at you and gives a nod to the uh, guards, asking them to stay outside, your handlers as they were. How are you doing, Dorothy? Apologies for... Uh, the state of the room, and she gestures to a perfectly fine and clean room uh, as she's like putting on some gloves and uh, getting out some things to like test your vitals and such. If you would just wouldn't mind taking a seat over there. Let's dispense with the pleasantries, my dear. We've only just met. Who are you? At this point, she's currently on her tiptoes, flashing a light into your eyes. I'm Miriam Reese. I'll, I'll be your physician today. Or mechanic. She puts the light away uh, and taps some stuff onto a nearby pad that's laid out on the counter. Well, you tell me, Dorothy, is that how you see yourself? Do you see yourself as being a thing rather than a person? I suppose it depends upon the context, dear. It's very difficult for me to feel as though I have some sort of personhood, some sort of free will at all, given uh, my recent treatment here. You tell me how you would feel if you were just uh, rounded up as if uh, you were a stray dog and brought to some place where you don't know where you are and had a light shown in your eyes by a complete stranger. Now, tell me, would you feel much like a human being with any sort of sense of dignity at that point? First, she frowns, but then she offers a very small and sympathetic smile and you're kind of given the impression that it seems genuine and she says right well i apologize for the state that you're brought in frankly if it was my call uh, we wouldn't be doing things that way but it's it's not please can i get you some water once more she like gestures to like the chair and she's even without like waiting for you to ask she's already heading off to her toward the sink with the, like a small little cup i'm fine I take a seat. You take a seat. She pulls up a stool next to you, and she asks you a lot of, like, rudimentary questions about, like, your health, if you've been experiencing any problems since your last checkup. She asks when you last had a checkup. Do you humor her? Do you cooperate? Or Yes, I just give her some very, you know, curt, very succinct answers. I mean, after all, my doctor, such as it was, was my bioroid doc, so really his medical abilities, I'm sure, you know, while accurate technically, I don't know how much of them could be believed. He was, after all, uh, programmed by my father, who, you know, unbeknownst for me, uh, created me. So 
really, I'm not so sure how much of uh, what I gleaned from him is true. I see. And all the while, she's been taking notes, and you know, she's she's giving her like her best bedside manners, right? At this point, a stark, like midnight blue light begins to shine as the um, scanner that's in the ceiling, which is fairly common in the like regular hospitals, uh, begins to do like a scan of a scan of your body, right? All that data is being transmitted immediately to her pad that she has that is currently unfolded to the size of a clipboard, more or less, doing a lot of like, hmm, oh, interesting, okay. After a minute of that, she looks at you, puts on her best uh, smile once more, and says, well, Dorothy, we seem to have a very peculiar case. And she holds up her fingers to about the size uh, of a pea. Is what she begins to like show you with her hand. She says, There is a little chip implanted right at the back of your head there. It is currently inactive. And frankly, it's an outdated chip for what it is, uh, but surprisingly small. Same specs as the Guardians of Eden. Have you done work with the Guardians of Eden, Dorothy? No, ma'am. I'm not really familiar with them at all. I'm just a farm girl. Right. Uh, Singer Farms, right? And she's double-checking that on the pad. Very peculiar uh, that they wouldn't have had any dealings with you. They usually work with everyone when it comes to any sort of agriculture or horticulture projects or uh, farm work such as yourself. Well, if they have, I'm not really sure. I mean, my father pretty much ran things on the farm. And and as I said, I don't know really how much I remember is the truth versus not all i know is and from what i remember it, you know now and again certainly i think maybe we'd see some on the farm but it wasn't very really close working relationship i suppose you could say well according to this your father had a dozen meetings with them evidently uh teleconferences they seem to be several months apart yeah seems to be exactly three months apart uh, every call well in any case we will need to run an inspection of that chip. This is going to require activating the chip. That experience, especially when you're not already used to it, can be, well, bizarre. Are you sure you don't want that water yet? I'm fine. Will it hurt? You should feel a mild pinch. Well, it should subside uh, within a few seconds. And with that, her fingers are dancing across the display of her pad. She swipes up uh, as if sending you like some sort of information instead of receiving something on your own device, which you currently don't have any. You feel that pinching sensation in the back of your head. It starts off as a pinch, but it begins to feel like a drill is pushing through your brain. Once you go ahead and make a roll for me, Dorothy, this is going to be a focus roll, uh, mental focus, and then one of your distinctions. So I guess D8 and then another D8. And then you're going to be rolling against a difficulty of 10. Okay, I got a 12. Got a 12. Oh, nice. In the middle of all of that, in the middle of the pain, which I think causes you to involuntarily spasm, your hands coming up to your head, just trying to do something about the pain, try to release the pressure, uh, wh- whatever it is, uh, your, your vision goes blurry. You begin to 
keel over a little bit as you can start feeling um, just random muscles throughout your body cramping. The doctor herself can't hear her voice. It's all very muffled, but she is alarmed at your reaction. She's getting up uh, and heading toward that door and saying something to the to Darius, who was posted out there. Your vision turns black, and then it's just spots of red, and you can hear a little voice that doesn't sound like the doctor's voice. It doesn't sound like Darius's voice. It doesn't even sound like your own or even your father's voice. It is just a chorus of voices, what you realize after listening to it for what feels like eternity. And they're all feeding all sorts of inf uh, information. They're talking about some sort of intrusion, and you, you catch a glimpse of the Southern Pole. They're talking about the Chosen One. You catch a glimpse of some sort of mech uh, that seems to be throwing a punch at you uh, before things go black. Uh, and then you're starting to hear like other voices that are, aren't so like reports. You're, you're starting to hear what you feel like are other people's thoughts. And then by the time you come to, the doctor is standing above you. She has an assistant there with you or with her. Um, that assistant is like currently like holding you down and the doctor is like pulling away. She's uh, and when she pulls away, you can see in her hand that she has like a syringe. She evidently injected you with something, but whatever it was, Maybe it was that, or maybe it's just the passing of time, but that, you're no longer feeling a drill inside your head anymore. What the hell was that? We, we don't know. It, it's as soon as I turned on the chip uh, that is inside the back of your head, it just went haywire, and then it, it just went out. Are you feeling okay? How, how do you feel? What's, what's your pain at on a scale of 1 through 10 right now? Well, right now, zero. I'm just really pissed off. But uh, at the time, it was just about the worst pain I've ever had. How, how long have I been out? <sighs> just six minutes. So what happened? Well, what we think happened was your chip released some sort of signal. That's when you realize that the normal lights of this office isn't on. It's like these red emergency lights. You know, she's gesturing over to her pad as if to, like, emphasize. And the signal immediately infiltrated through the back end of our network we don't know what happened next it's, it's too soon to know it's are working it and dorothy have you have you ever worked or interfaced with your chip before until you told me there was anything in the back of my head i wasn't even aware of it well we're gonna get you cleaned up and as she says that her assistant's like already about to like dab something off your face and you realize that you do feel something slick around your mouth and, you know, sure enough, it's your own blood. You, you certainly had a massive nosebleed, evidently. Jesus Christ. Tell you what, Doc, before you think get any more bright ideas about doing God knows what to me, maybe you should have a mechanic just on standby there. Yeah, well, we're figuring that out right now as to what exactly we should have. This is, well, to be honest, this is above my pay grade, I think. I've already sent the report off. I'm going to get you the help that you need, okay? The help that you deserve. And she gently squeezes your hands. And already, uh, you know, she exchanges a few, like, words with the assistants. General words about making sure that, you know, you stay put. 
you're not in any condition to be like standing up or moving around. Yeah, she leaves out the office and it's just you and this assistant who is now at the sink wringing out the blood-soaked washcloth that he had. What do you do? May I use the bathroom? Oh, uh, I, I don't, mm. well, why, of course, uh, here, let me, let me get you a chair. Just give me, it be 30 seconds, just right around the corner. Yeah, he walks out of the room. Uh, are you just waiting for him to get you that chair? No, I want to take a look around the room, see if there's anything really that I can use or anything I can discern about where I am, basically. He said a chair, I'm assuming he's talking about a port, a bedside commode. It sounds like he's just getting you a wheelchair. Oh, okay. I'm going to attempt to stand up and take a look at, like, if there's any sort of counter, you know, around where the sink is and everything, just just to test my strength. Uh, you get up onto your feet. You feel dizzy off-center. In fact, you actually fall back into your seat a moment, but even that little test there, you just you just feel like you're already feeling a little bit better so when you get up your to your feet a second time you're up on your feet you're swinging a little bit things are a little dizzy but you think you might have just gotten up a little too fast i'm going to sit back down just so he doesn't get suspicious and uh just take some deep breaths can i see anything outside of the room or did he close the door behind him he closed the door behind him I think the only thing you saw was just uh, one of your handlers, like the shoulder of one of your handlers just on standby outside the door. So I'm probably being guarded then. There's no no sense in me making a break for it. What are my things? What do they do with my things when I came in? My rifle, my pack, you know, with my clothes and that sort of thing. Oh, they confiscated that. Uh, that would have been in the back of the trunk. Uh-huh. Um, as far as you know, it's it's maybe still there. The handlers just took you straight here. They didn't do anything with your equipment. So all I have really are the clothes on my back. Yep. I'd like to see if I can maybe grab something useful, something that could be improvised as like a weapon or something from the counter before he comes back, like a syringe or scalpel or something along those lines, a pair of forceps, anything really with, you know, a sharp enough edge. Yeah, once you go ahead and roll a mental plus notice, and then I, I feel like your world wary probably fits here. Okay. Uh, I've rolled a nine for your difficulty. Sixteen. Well, that's a seven, a six, and a three, so uh, eleven, I guess. Uh, thirteen. If you want to have the highest score. Oh right, I'm sorry. A thirteen. Yeah. Okay, yeah, you're going to find like a D8 asset. Let's say that it's a, do you, do you want something blunt or something sharp? If it's blunt, something like a heavy object. If it's, well, it's something ideally I can just sort of slip into my boot. So like a little scalpel or something like that. Okay, yeah, I, I think you do find like a small scalpel. Uh, you have to search through one of the drawers for it, but when you do, you uh, find it, you tug into your boot. I think given how you're like frantically like looking for this, you can either make it look like you weren't uh, doing any searches at all and be back in your seat just fine and hope that he doesn't notice, or you can just uh, be caught standing up, uh, but make it look like you, you didn't just like sneak something into your boot. I guess I can, I'll just make it look like I'm trying to feed myself some water out of the sink because, you know, just be like, well, well, I decided I did want some water after all. Oh, good. You're, you're on your feet. That's, that's a good sign. And you're drinking. Oh, shoot. We were really worried about you. 
I'm sorry I was so headstrong earlier. I really should be hydrating at my age. No problem. Uh, here, uh, take take a seat. And, you know, he has a very basic, like, wheelchair for you to take. Good one. You said a chair for a second. I thought you meant to, like a portable commode or something like that. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no, no, no. Uh, nothing like that. Oh, you wouldn't want to clean that anyway. <laughs> no. Well, we would probably make one of the byroads do it. He winks at you, and he will help you into the chair. You leave out from the office in the chair, past the handlers. Uh, one of the handlers, the other one, not Darius, says something, but the uh, guy just says, we'll just be around the corner in the bathroom. You don't need to follow us there. And sure enough, the guy doesn't really follow. He's just kind of in this awkward, like, do I actually wait here? I, I guess I do. And then he just kind of goes onto his phone. You turn the corner and go down probably a good, five yards until you reach the restroom and he helps you in there what do you do i use the toilet and i think i suppose did i pick up on anything coming through here anything that might give me a generalized layout of the place either when i was initially coming in or when he was taking me to the bathroom yeah i, th- I think you saw like a little directory um just at that corner that you turned from i, I would say that unfortunately like, it's at the corner, but uh, you would have to go around the corner and be seen by the handler. Uh, but there is a directory there. And now, is this uh, orderly? Is he in the bathroom with me, then? Yes. But not in the stall? Not in the stall, no. It's a small bathroom with two stalls. And uh, he's actually just kind of busying himself with combing his hair in the uh, bathroom mirror. Any other egress from this room besides the door? Like a vent or something like that. Yeah, we can say there's a vent. How big? I would say it's probably just barely big enough for you. Obviously crawling on your hands and knees through it. Right. I wish I'd grabbed a blunt object, damn it. I suppose I'll have to, to do what I can. Okay. How am I on my feet right now? Can I, um, how am I doing on my feet? Am I, am I able to stand up more or less on my own? I would say at this moment... You are feeling uh, better than you were just a minute ago. I, I would say you're probably at like 50% right now. You can stand up on your own, on your feet, but you're finding that any like quick movements is really making you a little dizzy. Mm-hmm. Gives you the impression that maybe like too much physical exertion uh, is probably going to do you in, but you're, you're feeling stronger. Where is this, uh, where's the vent located compared to where I am right now? Assuming that you're like in the stall right now, if you open the stall door to your immediate left, you would see like the sink and orderly. Immediately straight, like a, a good 10 feet is a uh, vent and is, uh, is a ground vent. Ah, so it's at like knee level, basically. Yeah. And then to the right is like where you would exit out the door like a normal person. I'm very conflicted right now about trying to run again. Because the last several times I've tried that, it really hasn't worked out in my favor. Also, I don't know that I could take this gentleman in a fair fight. If I was able to get him in here somehow and, say, get him to slip and hit his head on the toilet, render him unconscious, then there's a chance that I could maybe try and pry off the uh, vent and sneak in there. Then again, I could just as well uh, faint, I suppose. Of course, I guess if I get caught, I can always just blame it on the fact that I'm uh, a little delirious, what with the whole chip in my head, uh, sending voices and stuff through my head. So why not give it a try? You only give, live once, after all. I'm going to try and see if I can convince the orderly out there to come in, and I'm going to try and trip him so that he falls and hits his head on the toilet seat. Not not enough to kill him, hopefully, 
but just enough to at least, you know, get them incapacitate them for the time being. Okay. Yeah. Then I think this is going to be like a mental plus a trick. And, you know, we can count this uh, orderly as authority. So that's your specialty. It's a D6 there. Right. Oh, so that's an additional D6. So trick is D6, authority D6, and then a mental, right, did you say? Yep. And then one of your distinctions, uh, which I, I think the closest I would probably, like, apply, probably just world-weary. That's sort of just your motivation here, I think. Your difficulty is 11. Okay. So I guess that makes it 8 and 5 is a 13. Yeah, okay. You're successful. So what, what does this look like when... Uh, we do it like what's yeah uh, young man i think i've bit off a little more than i can chew i'm kind of i'm i think i'm gonna fall a little bit can you come in here please and and i'm I'm standing up as i'm doing this i'm kind of standing up and kind of uh holding my back against the wall of the stall enough to convincingly enough i guess to look like i'm kind of struggling there with like the handrail or something and so the idea is that when he comes in he opens the door up i'm just going to stretch my boot out and catch him you know as he comes in to just, you know, have him trip, I suppose. Tangle up my legs with his. I think it pretty much pans out like that. Like, we have a shot where, you know, the guy's done, like, combing his hair, checking it on all sides, and then, like, he's running the water because, like, he's splashing his face a little bit. He's yawning. We can tell that he's tired. He's probably at the end of his shift. And then you start, like, calling him over. He's like, oh, oh hold on, hold on. And then he goes over to the door, and, yeah, you get him uh, tangled up. He falls over. Uh, are you trying to, like, just knock him out? Yeah, I don't want to kill this poor young man. He's just doing his job. Yeah, I think when you get him, like, tangled up in the foot, his head initially, like, hits, I think, the stall wall, which isn't enough to, like, just uh, knock him off, but it does make him a little bit dizzy. And, yeah, I think just in the, like, shuffle here and the close quarters and you tangling him all up, you manage to actually accidentally trip him a second time and he falls twisting until his head like hits the uh, actual like wall behind the toilet seat i think he falls in such a way that he falls slump next to the toilets one arm dangling into the toilet seats and he seems to be out cold when you check on him he's still breathing i turn him on his side and make sure he's upright so that he doesn't choke on his own vomit all right safety tip kids now where do you go from here do I have time to check him to see if there's anything useful on him? Some keys or something, maybe? He has a badge that is one of those badges that you can hold up to a scanner and will get you places. Anything else I could use as like an improvised screwdriver or something like that? Yeah, we can say uh, he has a like Swiss Army knife. Okay. And I mean like vintage old world Swiss Army knife that he's kept in good condition. Oh, wow. Man after my own heart. All right, I pocket the knife, I pocket the badge. I stagger on over to the vent and try my best to get that grating off. I think it takes you half a minute, but you do. At this point, like, he's already starting to stir a little bit. He's like, oh, what, what happened? Just to say, you don't really have too much time to put the grate back on, at least, like, neatly. You're able to crawl in. Okay, off I go. Do you have, like, a direction in mind, or you just... Generally just trying to find like the best way out. Well, I guess out, and if I can help it, away from where I was. As you begin to move away, it's like a minute of crawling through this thing that you actually hear a familiar voice. You hear uh, Darius and Miriam Reese. 
and they're talking. They're like currently like walking by. I think you can see them through one of the gratings, right? You can hear the doctor saying like, she's in no condition to be deployed anywhere. Why, why would you deploy her to a South Base? I'm just taking orders, and this came from Cole Reinhardt himself. All clones need to be deployed to the Southern Ford base, and you don't catch the rest of that conversation. You begin to move a little bit more. It's another like two minutes before you finally come across like a point in the hallway where you can see a stairwell or a door leading to a stairwell just across from the vent from you. At this point, there are uh, alarms going off. What do you do? There's a grating, I'm assuming, in front of me and this door. So I guess I would have to just sort of kick it out if I was to get out of the vent. Yes, you would. And I guess I don't really have a lot in the way of peripheral vision from here, so I can't really tell if there's anyone else in the hallway with me. No, not unless you're going to take some time to like really like listen, but that's precious time you'd be losing. Right. Okay, well, no time like the present. Get the grate open, and I book it for that door. Let's actually have you roll to uh, kick open that grate. This is going to be more of a fight check, physical, for sure. And then I, I can see like your work as a top colonial farmer helping you out here. Uh, I have set your difficulties to seven. Cross your fingers. So that's a 10 then, if I take the six and the four. Yeah, you're killing it with the rolls today. So 10. About time. We have an exterior shot. I think it takes you two hits to get it open. Two hits really because the first one was like a very odd angle. And as we talked about before, this is like already a cramped space for you. But then the second try like manages to get it open. You kick it open and you crawl out. You can hear footsteps running. I think when you looked like down the hallway, you can see uh, some orderlies running by, but they don't look in your direction. So you're good right now. And you just kind of hit the stairwell there. I assume you're just trying to head up and out. I feel like maybe they'd be expecting that. You know, my curiosity is sort of peaked. I do kind of want to know what's going on here. Let's try going down. As you recall from the elevator, there were only two floors below yours. You're like three floors below ground level right now. There's two more floors uh, beyond or under that. So you begin to head down. Uh, Do you head down to the fourth or fifth floor? I'll go to the fifth. That's probably where the juicy stuff is. Or it's just the boiler room, in which case I'll just go to the fourth. So you head down to the fifth. Now, this one does require a badge access. Did you grab the badge off that orderly? I did. I think what we're going to do here, because you're kind of sneaking around, we're, we're going to do like a sneak roll. And this is honestly just going to partly just kind of be your luck roll to see if this guy had enough clearance to go in through this room. So this is going to be a physical, because again, you're you're ultimately sneaking around. Physical your sneak, and then probably world wary since you're trying to be like alert, right? Now you do have two plot points. If you'd like, you can spend a plot point to make that badge into a temporary asset. Be like another D6 for you. Oh, sure. Yes, I'll do that. So a D6 badge access. Uh, So I think that's going to give you three D6 and a D8. All right. And the difficulty has been set to 10. Rat. It's also a 10. You can spend a plot point to bring that extra two in. You did roll a hitch, though. Sure, why not? Okay, and I'm going to buy that D6 from you, so uh, give yourself another plot point. Uh, so yeah, that brings you up to a 12 total. Sure enough, the badge surprisingly has access to this level. You enter in. It is actually fairly dark on this level. 
Uh, there isn't much lighting. It seems like the lighting is like only every other light. It's otherwise like pitch black with some lights from some of the side panels and such. You find yourself in a long hallway. You have left and right. Going left, that's like another 30 feet. You don't seem to see any doors. It's another 30 feet before like it turns off to the right. Looking right, that goes on for about 50 feet. You see a couple of doors uh, here and there to include elevator doors. That keeps going on for, again, like 50 feet. And then that seems to feed into a T intersection. I don't suppose I'm lucky enough to see any sort of signage down here. So I think you're like, you move like a little bit. Perhaps there's some signage next to the elevator. And sure enough, there is. This floor is not very expansive. There's indicators that kind of show you that there there's evidently a large room. If you were to go left and then right, it will lead you to this like large like bay area, apparently. Going to the right appears to be like utility closets. And there are a few like offices that aren't marked for anyone specifically. And then you also see like a slightly larger room that's marked research and development. Ah. <sighs> Figures I wouldn't be lucky enough to find an armory down here. Well, there might be something in like research and development, and that sure. large bay room could could be like a storage room. Eeny, meeny, miny, mo. Let's try the bay room first. Go big or go home. Begin to head toward the bay room. When you're at the end of the hallway, again, that hallway turns right, and it's really another just 15 feet, and also down a short set of stairs before you reach these like large double doors. At this point, you're probably at like 80% of your strength. You're not getting as dizzy anymore when you look in different directions too fast and stuff like that. Uh, when you arrive at the bay, uh, bay door, we tried the badge. It does not work for you. You are able to peer into the uh, large bay area, however. And when you do, you can actually see that there is another elevator on the far end of the bay. Uh, that's actually opening right now. Those biroid parts that you saw earlier, they're currently uh, being carted in here from that like large industrial size like elevator, right? There seems to be like a lot of equipment here and machinery that, I mean, frankly, it looks like assembly belts of some sorts. Recycling. So I can't get in there. All right, well, I guess I'll just keep going. I'll try R&D. I think by the time you make it to the other direction, you make it to that T intersection, that elevator that was near the um, stairwell that you came down from actually opens and you hear some voices and it's like, all right, you check the Bay Area. I'm going to go and check the uh, rest of the offices. Reasonably, you, you, you're probably ducking into direction still heading toward the R&D area. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you head toward the R&D area. It's not very far practically half jog there this time your badge surprisingly does uh work when you enter the r&d area is like this i would i want to say like a like a good 400 square feet room there are a lot of like tables and spare parts and terminals for you to work from i, th I think the closest table has like a little drone that's been built and frankly the drone looks like it's been completed it's just kind of sitting here and yeah, I, I think glancing around, like, the only other thing of note is immediately, immediately to your left is on that wall is a picture of what's evidently Reinhardt Sr. and his daughter, Colette, according to the plaque. 
the kid looks like she's maybe 10 years old. Reinhardt Sr. looks to be like middle age. So this seems to be like an old, old portrait because uh, the Reinhardt Sr. that you know of and most everyone on Janice knows Reinhardt Sr. Uh, is definitely an old man. He's he's older than you at this point. Well, that is old. Hmm. Curious that they have a little shrine to himself down here. I'm trying to see if there's anything I could use in my immediate situation, because I'm sure whoever's after me is probably going to check in here eventually. So I take it there really isn't anything resembling a firearm around here, just uh, some terminals and the drones. Why don't you go ahead and make another nose check? See if you can find something like that. There, there's a lot more than what I described. That's uh, essentially what I'm saying. Alternatively, I wonder how long it'll be until they come in here. I really would like to see what I can glean off of one of these consoles. It's hard to say. How far away am I from the, uh, from the elevator? Well, I'll, I'll put it in, in these terms. You feel like you have time for two tests we're talking about in terms of like rolling for stuff wherein one test would be to hide if that's something that you want to make time to do yes i think i would like to hide secondly and firstly see if i can search for anything related to this chip in my head or the south pole or anything on one of these terminals here when you hop into a terminal you see that it's actually still logged in for someone it's logged in but it's on the lock screen okay and that lock screen it's telling you that the user is Cole Reinhardt Jr. There's a junior? Yeah, there's a junior. And evidently, uh, they left their workstation logged in, but it's currently locked. What do you do now? Well, this guy must really hate his son if he took a picture of himself with his daughter, but not this guy. I feel kind of bad for him. I need to put in a password or something. If you want to try to guess the password, you're more than welcome to. How do you go about doing that? Are you just typing stuff in? Or are you trying to look around for what that password might be? Lord, I'm terrible at this sort of thing. These youngsters with their computers, their electronics, and their passwords, and their... <laughs> I don't suppose that there's any uh, keys on the board which look to be more pressed in than others, or... Oh, gosh. What do I know about the Reinhardts? What do I know that, that you know, something... Um, I mean, I can't imagine he would just put in his own name as the password. Well, it sounds like you're potentially going about this with two approaches. One approach is using the notice skill to like look for prints on the uh, on the keyboard, or maybe just look around because maybe there's something that they care about that they might have made a password for. And the other thing might be is just like the no skill, uh, K N O W, uh, where you're trying to recall like what you know about them and see if maybe you know something that they could have possibly used as a uh, password. I'll use the notice because at the very least I can look around the room and just get a better you know idea of my surroundings. So how about that? I'll do mental D8, notice D8, and I guess I could say world weary D8, right? Because I, you know, if I know about this world, I know about these people. Does that make sense? Yeah, it makes sense. And I've set the difficulty to nine. And that's also a nine. Gosh, my luck has taken a turn. You have one last plot point. Why not? I think you do recall something. And we'll talk about that next session. But as you recall that thing and begin to type in the passwords, which, by the way, does work based off of what you recall, you hear a voice coming from a short hallway on the far side of the room that you hadn't noticed before. This, again, isn't from like the outside hallway. This is from 
a hallway that was in this room uh, that seems to have apparently led to a private bathroom because you hear the toilet flushing as the door is opening and you see a man uh, standing in the door frame. He has like a pencil thin mustache. His hair is buzzed neatly. He's standing with like military bearing, but he's not dressed like any of the handlers. And he seems to just be in this sort of like half compression suit, half jumpsuit type deal. And there's like uh, glowing like letters and things on the fabric. You think it might be one of those fancy smart clothing? He says, uh, excuse me, but um, you don't look like the Cole Reinhardt Jr. I know. All music and artwork was done by James Austin, whose other works can be found in the show notes. If you would like to keep up on the latest Starshot news, follow us on Twitter at StarshotPod. We'll see you among the stars.